Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's just like the nice old man who's lived in that rent-controlled apartment in the basement since like the 40s. And the, <laughs> the new upstairs neighbors have moved in and just completely destroyed his apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the internet's number one fake history podcast. It's the Lore Boys. Uh, I'm Ethan Palmer, who's going to be your uh, Lore Boy Prime today. With me is uh, James Miller and Peter O'Donoghue. Why don't you guys say hi? Hello. That was Peter, for the listeners at home. I said hi, too, and and the listeners heard me, but you didn't, because I'm on Push to Talk, which I'm removing right now. Oh, Oh, yes. (laughs) Jamie fucked up with Push to Talk. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I no, I love. We're gonna keep that in, and the, the listeners are gonna get to hear Jamie's delightful greeting twice. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's what the people want. It's what the people want. Yeah, there we go. There um, we go. So this week's episode is a continuation of Skaven lore. Uh, so if you haven't listened to our first episode on Skaven, which was about a month ago uh, at time of recording, um, make sure to check the description for a link. Uh, it'll be in there. It'll just say Skaven Part One. It might say the subtitle, of which I do not remember what the su- subtitle was. Oh, it's uh, um, Convert to Horny Rat. Uh, I actually looked at, it, horny rat. I, I looked at it today <laughs> when I was fucking around on right. our hosting site. <laughs> right, right, right. So I guess for uh, we'll, give, uh, we'll give everybody a, a period here who hasn't heard the first episode to go listen to it before we start spoiling stuff. But uh, do you guys want to quickly recap what you remember from the last episode? What we could do is we could all just like wait one hour while they go listen to it and then like be quiet for one hour. And then they yeah. can come back, oh. and then we'll start up. They'll, they'll, they'll come back, and they'll fill us in. Right. They'll, they'll yes. let us know what they're <laughs> I, I, I like the idea that you want to like record us patiently waiting, so it's like a two-and-a-half-hour episode while we wait for <laughs> them to yeah. do something else. We're just like twiddling our thumbs. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I Absolutely. remember no some getting up, No muting your mic. Nope. So what is a Skaven, I guess? Let's start with. It's a rat, rat boy. Man. Ratty boy. And what... what, what uh ip what franchise are they from what are we talking here warhammer forty thousand. warhammer fantasy. no yeah warhammer fantasy close yeah. but no cigar warhammer yeah. zero past um yeah warhammer past not warhammer future yeah uh we talked a the bit three, about sorry the three warhammers yeah. visited scrooge <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> um so we talked on the last episode about what the Skaven are. They're rat boys. They're addicted to this stuff called Warpstone, which falls from uh, which falls as meteorites from the Green Moon Morshlib. Um, we also talked about the Grey Seers, who are kind of like the priest class of them. And we talked about their god, the Great Horned Rat, and how they have an affinity for bells um, and kind of making machinery. They live underground like rats do uh, and pour out a- as kind of tides of vermin some sort of vermin tide one might say um, yeah, i wouldn't that's of... a stupid name <laughs> yeah 
they called it Billy in the world of the fantastic walking animatronic dinosaurs. <laughs> it's like Billy <laughs> and the Clonosaurus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's it. Yeah. Um, so last episode we talked about what this gave in our. This episode I'm hoping to delve deeper into who this gave in our. You know, everybody always asks what are Skaven. Nobody ever asks who are Skaven. Yeah, um, nobody asks the giant rat how he's doing. So that's why they're yeah. so aggressive all the time. Yeah. So we're going to talk about uh, kind of their origin story. Uh, we're going to get into... We're going to do their origin story pretty much, and then we're going to very briefly start to touch on how they they, they they come to be known by the other races, essentially. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's buckle up for some, for some more rats, huh? This yeah. is the Skaven origin story. So... If we're talking about the Skaven, you guys should know that our story starts not with rats, but with men. I see. The ancient, the ancient city of Tylos, or Kavzar in the Dwarven tongue, was an ancient human and Dwarven city located in the blighted marshes between modern-day Telea and Estalia. So, um, I don't think they were called the blighted marshes at the time. I think they're called the blighted marshes now, and we'll obviously find out why they're called that. They just um, called them the marshes so, back then, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Just the regular old marshes. No blight here. The no blight here marshes. Like, well, well, welcome to. It's like there's like a welcome to town sign. It's like welcome to the no blight marshes. You want blights? Take your business elsewhere. Yeah, but obviously after after the rat apocalypse, all those other letters have fallen off the sign. Yeah, so there's, exactly. there's just like the ghostly, like darker paint markings of where the letters used to be. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, now, you want blight. You want blight? Take your business, and then elsewhere is just here. Yeah, <laughs> um, I was just thinking, we haven't done a whole lot of Warhammer fantasy. Uh, you giving me two countries uh, bordered by a marsh is... Uh, yeah, so I, yeah. I, I was I was just going to say that oh, okay. Okay. I, I don't expect you guys to know Tiliana Stalia. We It's the fan service. There's fans who know more about this canon than you guys, obviously. There's a lot of fans who know more about this canon than me, obviously. Yeah. Um, so for the people who know what Tilea and Estalia are, that's your little, uh, your little nod. You might already realize what city I'm talking about in modern day, because it won't be Tylos by the, by the time we get to the end of this. Um, all to say, uh, we're, we're going to be talking about this city, Tylos. The, this entire episode is going to be talking about basically this city, Tylos. Okay. Um, so like, this is before the rats took over. There's still traps with cheese everywhere. And yeah, like, everywhere, they, dude. Yeah. There, yeah. There's there's traps with cheese and dead rats in it. The the traps are working. The traps right. are effective. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, there's there's cats that are fat and happy. Okay? Yeah. There's that old um, mouse trap from like the 1920s that has a miniature gun on it. Have you seen that? Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the pistol. Imagine waking there. up at 3 a.m. to just a gunshot. Right. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember the first time I saw that. Like, you guys remember the, the folded pizza story? I'm sure our listeners also remember the folded pizza that we've uh, basically, mm -hmm. uh, like, deified at this point. Um, <laughs> the last time I laughed that hard, like, to tears, like, wheezing like a, like a sore diaphragm, was when I was watching a video of shitty inventions. And then the one that just absolutely laid me out was that the gun with the cheese on it that you just load in front of a mouse hole. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Basically. It, was it was patented. The U.S. Patent Office was like, well, yeah, we got to make sure no one steals this idea from him. It has to be <laughs> an American invention. Suspenders right? in a barrel walks in, wants to patent an uh -oh. idea. <laughs> uh -oh. yeah. 
just like wearing a, a potato sack for for clothing and yeah, got a upside, jar of moonshine in his hand like upside down so he can read potatoes <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so get your get your creative mouse traps because we're gonna need them for this episode right it's insane it's gonna um, be insane action right we're gonna need some crazy yeah. contraptions okay yeah for sure fun, for sure. the yeah, fun's catching sure. yeah the fun <laughs> is catching um uh the history of Tylos, the city that we're talking about, is kind of couched in a couple different accounts. Um, some of it's mythology, uh, so it's some of it is like these like in canon myths that the pe- people nowadays have, because all this takes place thousands of years ago. Um, okay, so oh, yeah, the city's been renamed, right? You referred to it as something else. Yeah, yeah, we, we it's it's different. It's different in in modern day. We'll get to to what it becomes okay. by the end of it. But when it starts, it's the city Tylos. We'll get into the history of Tylos. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start start us off with like the human myth of Tylos, um, and then later on, I I told you guys this before we started, but I'm gonna be um, referencing this fictional account called the Doom of Kavzar, which is I believe I'm not positive uh, a recounting from a dwarf perspective. It might be a recounting from a human perspective, um, but either way, that's kind of like another myth about the downfall of the city. There's a myth about the creation of the city, then there's a myth about the downfall of the city. Okay. Uh, so let's start yeah. with creation, right? So those yeah. those dwarves who walk around town with those really tight shirts that say "cocaine and calves are on them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's you. The, the two accounts of the human account and the dwarven account are actually quite similar. It's just they're at different angles. Uh, the dwarves will say that the enemy came from above, whereas the humans will say that the enemy came from below. But right. what actually yeah. happens is that the rats are five foot five. Yeah. <laughs> perfect perfectly balanced as all things should be <laughs> so the holy book Bellona Myrmidia which translates to the war goddess Myrmidia um, it's just the name of a goddess in, in Warhammer Fantasy okay. uh, begins with the tale of, of the tragically flawed Tilius the legendary father of the Tilean people uh, so Tilius in searching for a home for his people would make a covenant with Myrmidia who at the time was known as the goddess of civilization, beauty, and honor. So this is straight Greek myth. The The city names uh, uh, ends in OS, and there's this guy named Tilius who's like, I'm going to create a, I'm a king, I'm, I have a tribe, I'm going to create a city for my people, I'm going to make a deal with a god to do it, essentially. Okay. She's kind of like, uh, uh, she's kind of like Athena and Aphrodite combined, I guess. Like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's also the god of war. She's also a goddess of war. Um, oh, is okay. that Talayan... It seems like the Talayan people know her as the goddess of civilization, beauty, and honor, but other peoples haven't historically known her as that. She's been more a god of war. I could get into a, 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 its own episode, the Myrmidia. I did a bit of reading today on her. She's she's pretty interesting on how she gets to be a more warlike figure for a lot of people, and it I think it has a lot to do with this, the downfall of the city of Tylos. Okay. Um, but yeah, she, she makes a covenant with a mortal man, uh, and she agrees to help. Uh, with the two of them together, would build a great city for his tribe, and Tileus would name it Tylos after himself. The narcissism would not stop there, though. Uh, <laughs> Tileus <laughs> was, was uh, an okay leader, but he certainly had his faults, faults uh, one of which, I assume, was uh, terribly I- inferior genetics in one very specific male department, if you know what I mean. Oh, no! Uh, oh, <laughs> so He's got really little eyebrows. Yeah, dude, just the worst, <laughs> the worst, thinnest, most feminine eyebrows, which every man hates. 
He can't um, grow a mustache, pussy. <laughs> he's just got like a, uh, it, all of his statues have like a carved in like marble patchy beard, and you're just like, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe they kept that. Or he can all, grow a mustache, but it just looks like a little penis. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's got a on his a little dick under his nose. Yeah, <laughs> just like five five little dicks just like ranging out from the center. Yeah. <laughs> no, so his his insecurity is showing through. Tylius decided he wanted to outshine the most ancient of races with his new city, and he dreamed of surpassing the slender white structures of the southern elves. So, elves in Warhammer they build these white towers, like alabaster towers, which like reach into the sky. And Tylius is like, you know what? I want to do one better. Their towers are small. Their towers are are wussy towers. I'm going to build a nice, big, girthy tower. Okay. Uh, so he he orders his people <laughs> to build the tower. The man, tall and small... <laughs> <laughs> the man who's insecure about his manhood makes the biggest phallic object. Okay. I'm yeah, ab- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He's open so, Gary, too. He's got a gun on his hip all the time. All the time, all the time. And it's it's an unnecessarily large gun. You know, way yeah. too big to kill a mouse, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you never be able to strap it to the wall at the end of the night to get the rats in. <laughs> it's a tiny, it's so, a tiny shaft, or like, a, what do you call it? A tiny... The barrel? Hold, the barrel? part that you hold on to is small, but the barrel is real long, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he orders his people to build a tower tall and girthy enough to make the elves blush. Um okay. This is gonna this is gonna be called it's called a few things just the great tower the great cathedral stuff like that it has a couple different names it's basically gonna be this like large temple uh, and then it's gonna have this like tower on top to kind of make it taller you, like uh, when they were building skyscrapers in the uh, in like the mid 1900s and mid 1800s in New York uh, there was all these competitions to make the biggest tower and a lot of people didn't recognize some towers because people would just put radio towers on top of them to make them taller and be like look mine's oh. taller than yours now you know oh, okay, um, yeah. it's like spiking you your hair up <laughs> yeah exactly exactly like platform shoes and vertical stripes on all your clothes just to seem taller kind of thing <laughs> uh vertical so that, that's kind of his plan seem taller sorry I don't, ver- I don't know if it actually does but that's what i've heard oh does horizontal stripes make you seem wider yeah it's the exact so- same concept yeah yeah, oh, so sick, you dude. you won't you won't see a lot of clothes with vertical stripes because it makes people look fat. Is yeah. the is the reasoning behind it? Vertical or horizontal? That's why horizontal. Sorry. Okay. Horizontal. Yeah. Um, is the theory anyway? I, I, I don't know if I've ever noticed the difference, but uh, you know, yeah. they say the camera adds ten pounds. They say vertical or horizontal stripes adds fifteen. Yeah, no <laughs> vertical video because or no horizontal mm-hmm. videos because it makes you look fatter. Dude, I thought it was thought I was eating and lack of exercise, but. Anyways, no, no just no, the clothing just actually. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> stripes and cameras. Avoid them both, and you're good, man. All right, I'm fine. Nice. <laughs> uh, cool. Jamie's camera cuts off in the middle of this video call. <laughs> Sorry, guys, can't risk it. Yeah. Um, so we got a guy, Tilius, uh, building a the a massive tower to pierce the heavens and outshine the elves to the south. He he's trying to build the. It, it is quite a city. Uh. Tylos, um, it, it's like quite large and expansive. It's it's considered the greatest city of its time at the time, um, but he, now his like his his uh, capstone, his you know crowning achievement is going to be this monument essentially. And the construction of it is huge in scale. It will outlive him. It's going to take generations to complete. So this is like his his parting gift to his people is like build build it and they will come. 
Um, okay, yeah. So now, uh, is, it, is it a functional cathedral or is it just like an obelisk? Uh, I, I, I'm sure it is. I never, okay. I didn't see, I, I don't see a lot of reference to the great cathedral itself or the great temple itself. It's more kind of the, the ensuing events, uh, around it that, that seem yeah. more important. At the um, top, is there like Mer a rotating okay restaurant, like in the CN tower? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's an okay restaurant, but they way overcharge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so Mermidia, the goddess who helped him recognizing to toxic masculinity when she sees it decides to wash her hands of the whole thing and abandons Tylos, claiming she would return when his people knew honor again. Tylos's uh, people knew honor again. So she's like, hey, dude, this is hubris. Uh, this is, like, way over the top. You're being an asshole. Uh, just stop this madness and just be, like, normal, good people. I'm the goddess of beauty. I'm the goddess of honor. I'm the goddess of civility or civilization. Just, like, chill and, like, we're good. And he's like, you know what? That's great advice, but I'm going to build my tower. And she's like, cool, I'm going to leave. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know? This is not a safe just, space for me. So uh, get fuck just out learn here. to go down on chicks, dude, to compensate. You didn't need to ruin your economy <laughs> building this tower. Uh, <laughs> compensate, compensate in ways your ways, man. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of the myth behind the um, the creation of, of Tylos. Um, okay. Now we can get into the, the quote unquote facts, a little more hard dates and, and what we we know for sure okay. um, about it. So it was founded at some point between negative 2,500 and negative 2,000 uh, on the Imperial calendar. So you guys might remember, we did a three-parter on uh, Sigmar Umbrogan um, and oh. his kind of transition from Warhammer Fantasy to uh, Age of Sigmar, which is the new setting, uh, new world, essentially, right. uh, after the destruction of the original Warhammer Fantasy world. The Imperial Calendar, uh, year zero, is the birth of uh, Sigmar. So this is 2,500 to about 2,000 years before Sigmar Umbarogan is, is born, essentially. Okay. Uh, so around that, around, somewhere between there, uh, and again, it's hard to know because it was just so, so gosh, long ago, Tylos becomes a well-trafficked trading post uh, between the humans who had settled there and the wandering dwarf clans of the Black Mountains. This is, uh, we've jumped back to the beginning, so this is before any talk of uh, building the tower, but presumably uh, at this point, Talia had spoken to Mermidia and, and, or prayed to Mermidia and started building his city. Okay. Um, and there, there's these dwarfs that kind of live in the area in the uh, not blighted marsh, marsh uh, <laughs> or the, the Black Mountains nearby, and they... They start to wander down, and they, they recognize there's a human settlement there, and some trades to happen. They, they seem to, to get along okay. Uh, so fans of the Warhammer Fantasy setting, and again, I don't I wouldn't expect you guys to have called this out because you haven't called it out yet, uh, but just for the dates, uh, it, this puts the founding of Tylos before the War of the Beard, um, <laughs> which is <laughs> a, a pretty pretty important event. It's a very important event in in the Warhammer fantasy canon. Uh, the city it was itself a war started plays, because like, a very guy... small part. Like, wait, it was a war started because a guy wasn't really that into his wife, and he was uh, actually gay. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. yeah that was yeah. guy was gay, and then yeah, yeah. got married for all like, Hel reasons, like and... Helen of Troy, but she's just his friend, and they get married for like yeah, yeah. for the <laughs> posterity. <laughs> Of Troy, if Agamemnon was gay, I guess. Yeah, exactly. What we're saying. <laughs> um, yeah, so the War of the Beard is a, a pretty uh, in depth and it's like a global spanning conflict or whatever. Um, 
the the founding of of Tylos comes just just before that or whatever 500 years before that um and kind of goes throughout it without much incident but if anybody would like to hear more about the war of the beard just follow the discord link in the description of this episode and and send us a request there and i can i can make sure to get it for you guys it sounds really uh, dwarf specific i'm surprised it's like a world war it, so it's between the dwarfs and the elves who are like the two oldest races or not the two okay. oldest races the slan are the oldest race but it's between the dwarfs and the elves and um it, it everybody gets or a lot of people get involved maybe not everybody gets involved but a lot of people end up getting involved right uh so during the war, though, um, the war doesn't come to Tylos as far as I could tell, but some of those dwarf clans who had kind of been in the Black Mountain and, and just been like in their own fastnesses, uh, some of them do come to Tylos and, and end up settling in the city. So it becomes a city of man and dwarf, which in Warhammer Fantasy is very uncommon, if not unheard of at the time. Okay. It's, it's probably still relatively unheard of right now. Other races don't settle in other races' cities. It's just not a thing that that Warhammer fantasy races do, it seems. Um, so they this cooperate was kind of... in some capacity though. Right. But they don't like, you don't you don't move in to like the, the dwarf neighborhood or the, the dwarf cul-de-sac or whatever. Cause the <laughs> rent's good. You have to yeah, use different exactly. uh, different drinking fountains, but not because yeah. like they don't <laughs> want so much lower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just a height thing. It's just a height thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it seems like, uh, it seems like they, they don't they they do cooperate somewhat but like even humans and elves like they don't get along very well humans and dwarves okay. get, don't get along very well like they definitely war at times everybody wars with everybody in warhammer and they're friendlier than with the a lot of the chaos races and there's definitely there's definitely alliances that exist but it's it's just rarer that you have like huge cul-de-sacs of dwarfs in a human city um this might be again the first time that it happens uh, which is kind of proof of the the splendor of this city uh, just like how amazing it was um is the fact that you know dwarves were working together um with the help of the dwarves the city thrives even more it grows faster than ever as like humans and dwarves are sharing you know advances in architecture and engineering and all these different practices taking um, hands in broad daylight yeah exactly yeah <laughs> um you know they they invent the this amazing invention called the stepping stool the humans invent it so the dwarves can reach the drinking fountains and uh, you know just so, just so they can brush their teeth you got to get out the little plastic stool and, and put it next yeah. to the sink essentially um so the the fictional book which i i've referenced already in this episode the doom of kavzar uh starts it opens by describing the utopia in some detail so i'm going to give you guys a, a quote now okay once upon a time, long, long ago, men and dwarfs lived together beneath the, raw, the roof of one great city. Some said it was the oldest and greatest city in the world and, ex and had existed before the time of the Longbeards and Manlings, built by older and wiser hands in the dawn of the world. The city lay both above and below the earth, in keeping with the nature of the populace that dwelt there. The dwarves ruled in their great halls of stone below ground and wrestled the fruits of the rock free, from their day free with their day-long toil, while the manlings reaped the fields of swaying corn that surrounded the city with a patchwork blanket of gold. The sun smiled, men laughed, and everyone was happy. One day, the men decided that they should give praise to their gods for their good fortunes. They planned a temple such as the world had never seen before. In the central square, a colossal hall would be built and topped with a single cloud-piercing tower, a tower so tall it would touch the very heart of the heavens. After much planning and with the help of the longbeards, they set about their monumental task. So 
this is obviously the tower that we we got from the last little bit. Uh, yeah. It's just it's two different mythologies. Why I think, um, and I probably could have looked this up. Why I think the Doom of Kavzar is written by a dwarf instead of a, a human um, is because the, like the creation myths seems to be different, right? Where the city, when you listen to the humans, it's you know this human, this amazing human founded it and built it with the help of his god and then decided to to create the tower. No mention of the dwarves at all. And the dwarves are like, yeah, you know, the city was already here. It was, you know, beautiful, built by an elder race, and then we, we were all getting along together, and the, the humans decided to go to embark on this fool's errand, and we, we decided to kind of help them. We'll sell them our rocks, basically, is... is... Yeah, yeah like, exactly. We're not doing anything with them. We'll, we'll, trade, we'll trade rocks for food and let them build their crazy tower into the sky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know why. I don't think this is pretty... You can't eat these rocks, and they just keep giving us <laughs> corn down here. I don't get it. <laughs> Uh, a tower into the sky must be a strange concept for a dwarf too, who like they all live underground. They're like, why are you going up? You're going the wrong way, dude. Yeah, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa! That's too high. You're gonna hit the ceiling. It's like you guys don't have ceilings. What? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Did we get the short end of this stick? <laughs> Something that made me think. We're talking about corns and rock together. Like a way that they figured out, like way, way long ago, that like people in south america were eating corn is that they had ground down teeth because they were crushing their corn with rocks and the powder okay. went into the corn of like the rock powder so over time of them yeah, yeah. eating this ground corn throughout their life it would like file their teeth down file and their teeth down wow. so all these skeletons that they found they had like the rounded teeth in the back because they used to eat corn that was ground by rocks. And they figure it's because of the the that- rock and corn yeah. corn with sand in it was wearing their enamel down yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's neat. That, that's how they figure out like dinosaur diets as well, uh, which is your animal fact of the day is like an animal that subsisted on like bark has like worn out teeth compared to something that had ate softer plants or meat. Yeah. yeah. Well, if someone just ate sand all their life, maybe it would have given the same thing. So take that scientists. Yeah. Well, they weren't eating corn. They were eating sand the whole time. <laughs> yeah. If you eat and your whole life uh i don't know if you live long enough to grind your teeth down right if oh yeah they all have little skeletons <laughs> with ground down teeth yeah <laughs> <laughs> those baby I mean, teeth are soft were... man <laughs> wear them right down what is it you, you like knock a baby tooth out on a grain of sand like it just like yeah. pops out like <laughs> with like different colored sand on your plate you you don't want different colored sand mixing in the same way that you want you don't want your mashed potatoes and your peas mixing when you're a kid like different colored foods can't touch. <laughs> I like a nice leafy green salad with a nice sand dressing. Yeah, please. you know, only only fine pi red sand on my salad. <laughs> yeah. That's like a Catalina uh, dressing. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we know it's sometime around negative 1860 IC. So like somewhere like 200 to 700 years after kind of the founding of the city. Right. That work on the Great Temple begins. Uh, it's described as a structure massive enough to mock the sky. Uh, so it seems big. The Doom of Kavzar continues. <laughs> yeah. Weeks became months and months became years and still the manlings built. Men grew old and gray working on that great temple, their sons continuing their work through summer sun and winter rain. At last, after many generations, work began on the great spire itself. Years passed, and the tower reached such a height that the manlings found it ever more difficult to take the stone up to the top. So naturally, when you build this, like, 
skyscraping monument to man's hubris, uh, it's hard to take rocks all the way to the top. Have you ever tied rocks to your feet and walked all up all of the flights of stairs in a skyscraper? It's hard. Yes, <laughs> and I've seen Mulan twice. Oh, good. Oh, well, then you know to just be a man. Yeah, so, which well, is, exactly. Which, which is the point of this tower the whole uh, time, the whole, right? The whole point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw people redo the brick on my four-story building, and it looked tough getting the brick just to the fourth story. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. A lever and a bucket, and a guy just sweating and pulling on rope all day. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I like, mean, no machines just... in 2021. <laughs> yeah. Did you go back in time? Like, <laughs> well, what, are, what are you gonna do? Build a little elevator for? For just the four-story building? I don't know. Well, you know that Jamie lives on that, like, Scissor in deck. that castle on an island that the road gets flooded by the tide yeah. every <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> exactly. so you, you know that, he, that they can't have machines out there to fix, yeah. his, fix his house. Um, Tyre is the name of that. Also also another city starting with a T-Y. How fun. Oh, Tyre. Uh, so eventually work on the... Eventually work slow to a crawl, and finishing the tower seemed impossible. Then one came among the men who offered his help in their great scheme. He asked a single boon of them in return and claimed that, that if they would grant him this, he would complete his tower in a single night. So you're out there working with the boys, foreman, laborers, sweating it up. Got a pulley, got a bucket, got some bricks, hauling those bad boys up there. Jamie when watching I, the whole time. Yeah. When <laughs> I, I, I used and to go out and I would watch them. I'd have a cigarette and sit there with my dog and be like, man, my job's <laughs> easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, no. So those guys, those guys were climbing this tower, sweating it up, and starting to despair. There was just like all these people who were just sitting at the bottom smoking cigarettes with their dogs, and they were like, "Why am I doing all this work? You know what yeah. I mean? This is <laughs> this is bullshit." So they're starting to think that they won't be able to complete the tower to to spec, and they don't, I guess, just want to cap it off where they are and say like, "Hey, this is the tallest that we could build it. That's tall enough. Yeah. It, it literally has to touch the clouds, which it's not doing yet." Yeah. So then well, this. The some shadowy figure. Up at, right? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Carry on. Some some shadowy figure shows up and is like, you know what? I can finish it for you. One night. That's all I need. Yeah. And they're like, What do you what do you guys think they say, I guess? Uh no one says this is too good to be true. I can guarantee that is not a, <laughs> that is not a quote from this fake book. <laughs> yeah. They they shake hands and sell the, their souls to the the devil or whoever we're selling the soul to. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. The, his boon isn't even that. So the manlings said to themselves, what have we to lose? And offered to make a bargain with the gray-clad stranger. Yeah. All he wished was to add his own dedication to the gods onto the temple structure. The manlings oh, agreed, and bargain was struck. He's going to give it balls. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> cubes. At the top, <laughs> the top. Which is, which is the, the thing that fucked up the whole tower. Yeah. Like. <laughs> So they get a monorail out of this whole thing too, right? Like it's Lyle exactly. Landley. Okay. <laughs> now, um, he's he's clad in gray, but he's not like a proto rat, right? Like he's no, visibly he's, human. He's a man. Okay. He, okay, he's just a man, and uh, I mean, he's just a man. Again, this is like a mythological retelling. Uh, okay. It's like an inaccurate in canon history. Uh, I don't know if this is the actual story of what actually happened, but I thought it was the coolest, most interesting one, and we're going to say right. that it was. I cannot find more info on this gray clad stranger. Um, if one of the listeners knows what it is, you know, let us know in the in the Discord channel yeah. um, or or in an email. We're still planning a mailbag someday uh, where we'll read your emails. 
Well, you um, had to get married and move, so it's really difficult to do, Ethan. Exactly. <laughs> let's not act like Jamie didn't have to take two weeks off to play World of Warcraft, too. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. true. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude, there's, there's a lot of gamer culture in here. I was just, I was in the weeds, you know, playing yeah, on my yeah. next episode. <laughs> yeah. You're doing research for the show, really. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the, the, the account continues. At dusk, the stranger entered the unfinished temple and bade the manlings to return at midnight. Clouds swept over the moons, cloaking the temple in darkness as the manlings left. All over the city, men watched and waited as the hours slipped past until, near midnight, by ones and twos, they gathered again in the temple square. The wind blew and the clouds parted as they gazed up at the temple. It rose like an unbroken lance against the sky, pure and white. At its very peak, a great horned bell hung gleaming coldly in the moonlight. The stranger's dedication to the gods was there, but of the stranger himself, there was no sign. Uh-oh. So, again, we don't know the, the tale in the Doom of Khazar is true, but we do know that the completion of the temple coincided with great fa- flares from Morslub, the, uh, the moon made of warp stone that the Skaven worship. Right. Uh, the green moon uh, seemed to be showing up uh, around the time that the temple was completed in, the, uh, in actual canon, not, not like fictional retelling canon. Um, and this guy has built a bell, with horns, which fits a lot of motifs that uh, this game follow. So I, and again, this might be in the in the actual canon, um, but I'm choosing to believe that the man was actually the great horned rat, uh, managed to shapeshift himself somehow with his power. He's a god. We said in the last one, he's a god as old as time itself, as far as we know. So um, I like to think that he showed up and is like, you know what? Um, rat is going to be my thing. And this is kind of when he chose rats as his right. uh, as his chosen people you know <laughs> when did you when did you choose rat? speak to your doctor about rats today <laughs> <laughs> side effects may include the gnawed bones of thousands of dead and, uh, and gunshots in the night <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it does it definitely does seem like uh the horned rat would have arrived in like a weakened state and used his residual magical powers to summon himself i guess yeah but but uh, it also fits with the motif of the tower because the whole tower was a way to compensate and now it's like he's it's kind of like a monument to, to his hubris as well like haha look at look at what i managed to do here exactly and he, he just steps in at the end like a group project puts his name on it says yeah you know i was lead on this one and yeah uh, takes well, all like, the credit for it mice and rats they tend to stay in the basement so if you build a building big enough then your basement ratio just gets so much bigger. I feel like so oh, there's so much more basement. room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's 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 like ten floors of basement at that point. Yeah, yeah. A tower, a t- tower of basements. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, all good theories. Uh, yeah. So we, many meteors are falling uh, from that floating portent, uh, and within a year, the the city is completely overrun by a tide of vermin of unusual size and viciousness. Uh-huh. Uh, but more on that after the break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. From the doom of Kavzar, the manlings rejoiced that their father's father's work was done. They surged forward to enter the temple. Then, at the stroke of midnight, the great bell began to toll. Once, twice, thrice. Slow, heavy waves of sound rolled across the city. Four, five, six times the bell rang, like the torpid pulse of a bronze giant. Seven, eight, nine. The rolling of the bell grew louder with each ring, and the manlings staggered back from the temple steps, clutching their ears. Ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. At the thirteenth stroke, Lightning split the skies and thunder echoed through the night. High above, the dark circle of Morslib was lit by a bright flash and all fell ominously silent. The manlings fled to their beds, frightened and puzzled by the portents they had seen. Next morning, they arose to find that the darkness had come to their city. Brooding storm clouds reared above the rooftops and such rain fell as had never been seen before. Black like ash, the rain fell and puddled in the streets, slicking the cobbles with darkly iridescent colors. Oh no, I can't believe that mysterious stranger who offered to solve our problems immediately and asked no payment uh, has betrayed us somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Evaporated all our Coca-Cola, and now it's just raining uselessly into the streets. <laughs> <laughs> a carbonated pool like on the ground still bubbling. <laughs> no, the, the, the Mentos factory next to the orphanage. Get them out of there. <laughs> uh, 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 oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's what happened when you build too close to the sun, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what Icarus was about, right? Icarus yeah, yeah. and Deathless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Doom of Kavzar, also known as the Curse of Thirteen, tells the story of the downfall of Tyros, a once thriving city of dwarf and man. So when the Great Temple had completed, was completed by the mysterious stranger, the Great Bell rested at its peak. When that Great Bell rang 13 times, the fortune of humans was changed. Um... You guys will remember from the last episode on Skaven that 13 is the holy number of the great horned rat as well. Um, kind of a thing. He's got like 13 secret poems to him and stuff. And his yeah. all his dozens are baker's dozens. Exactly. Yes. 13 yeah. muffins. Yeah. Um, yeah, most of this cursed. <laughs> <laughs> so despite these foul warnings, uh, the black sludge like rain was not enough to dampen their spirits. Uh, the men waited for the rain to abate so they could complete the finishing touches on the Great Temple and then celebrate its completion after all this time. They're still hopeful. They're like, you know what? That was fucking weird. But Temple's done. We've been working on it for generations now. Finally finished. Was a weird thing at the end. But, you know, we'll let the rain stop. The black rain stop. And... We'll go I think the city life. probably like predates meteorology, so they were probably just like, "That was odd. Hope it doesn't happen again next yeah. fall or whatever." <laughs> Scrub look it the, off. Look at the forecast there, Pete. It looks like we have oh another millennia of black torrid rain coming. <laughs> Make sure to well, that sucks, folks. <laughs> 
Um, now back to the international news desk where uh, Squirrel has done something cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this week in Blitzball. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> or uh, Blood Bowl? Blood Bowl. Yeah, yeah the Blood Bowl. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they're, they're waiting for the rain to stop, but the rain did not stop. Instead, the storm grows fiercer, the winds increasing to an unrelenting gale. Lightning arcs down from the skies and shakes the high tower. Days become weeks, but the rain does not stop. Uh-oh. Pretty soon, they're not feeling so good about it anymore. They're getting fearful. Guys, you, uh, said, you said the rain did not stop, and then thunder came through my window. <laughs> right there is, there said, is a thunderstorm rolling in right oh, now, man. yeah. <laughs> I'm so immersed. Sorry to cut you yeah. off. I'm so immersed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I hope that everybody listening to this is experiencing a thunderstorm right now. Uh, <laughs> a, ceaseless, a ceaseless torrential rainstorm, yeah. honestly. <laughs> uh, so they become fearful, and they turn to what we all turn to when we're scared and we don't know what's going on. Religion, Religion, of course. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So they started to doubt that the weeks upon weeks of black rain was a good sign, and they take to praying. Each night, the bell sounded 13 times. Each day, the rain fell upon the city. When their prayers went unanswered, the humans of Tyros finally approached the dwarfs. The dwarfs lived underground, after all. There's no rain underground, so they're like, they're probably good, right? I know what they're going to ask them to do. They're going to ask one of the dwarvens to make like a cannon. So once it rings the 13th time, you shoot the bell again. It rings 14 times. 14 times. Curse over, dude, right? Curse over, dude. <laughs> <laughs> if only you were there. If only the great mind of James Miller was there in, in Tyros to help them. Because I think you cracked this one, dude. <laughs> or just like knock down the fucking tower that's obviously the cause of all this. Like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> they're kind of proud of it you know it's a nice tower yeah. Yeah. we're out of we? scaffolding <laughs> <laughs> they're at the top of like a uh, like a I don't know 400 meter tall tower and yeah. they got like all this scaffolding and then they're just like on each other's shoulders like all the way up they have like a human pyramid on top of scaffolding and they're just like three <laughs> feet short of like they the last went. guy's a dwarf up there he can't quite yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> they've, and they've already used up all of the drinking fountain stools so they're completely out there like the total, the total uh, max yeah. just he's got like a rake he's trying to get it yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, they go to the dwarves. The dwarves turn them away. Uh, while the while below the earth, they were warm and dry. So why should they be concerned with some humans caught in a little rain? Yeah, uh, what's going on up here? It's like, we call it weather, and it's been bad. Uh, we don't have time to explain any of those words, but we need your help. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, we're good. We don't have that weather <laughs> down here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy your bottomless ceiling or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get the feeling that that rats like to live underground, and the dwarves might not uh, be so uh, impartial soon. But maybe we'll see how it goes. Maybe. Yeah. Well, uh, we're gonna find out what happens to everybody in this story, so don't worry about it. Good. Good. I'll be praying for a bottomless ceiling in no time when they're you know <laughs> crushed and crushed against theirs by rat yeah. bodies. <laughs> so the humans huddled in their dwellings, now constantly racked by racked with fear and the overwhelming knowledge that something was coming. Some were sent away to faraway places where they might seek help, but no one returned, and no one came to help them. When they went to the temple to pray once more and sacrifice their dwindling food stores, they found the temples shut fast, and the rain did not stop. 
Dark hailstones began to fall, flattening the last of the crops. Each night, the great bell tolled a death knell over the terrified city. So, the listeners at home, and I, I like to think that you guys have probably figured out that the city of Tylos is pretty doomed at this point. Seems uh, that way. Yeah. It's not, it's not going great for them, and it's only going to get worse before it gets better. Great stones start crashing down from the sky. Um, oh, is it warpstone meteors now? Yeah, so warpstone meteors come crashing down, smash city rooftops and the surrounding countryside. It'd be People... meteorites. Oh, yes, you're right. You're right, sorry. Uh, let me just... <laughs> Can we... no. Sorry. Let's start over. I'm going to fix the script, and then we'll take it from the top. That's not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just uh, watched a game show where they asked, what's the difference between an asteroid meteor and meteorite? And, yeah. yeah meteorite meteor the ground. in space, and it's when it enters Medi- our orbit, it's a meteorite? No, meteorites burn up on entry. Meteorites me- hit the ground. Yeah, meteors burn up. Asteroids are just the ones that float around, and then meteorites hit the ground, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So... You guys might remember of Warpstone, it's like radiation, essentially. Like, it's yeah. it's plutonium, essentially. Uh, so people sicken quickly and die suddenly. Um, every baby born after the bell is completed is hideously twisted by all these different factors. Just the... Bell-shaped over- hands. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Horn <laughs> Horns for hands. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for hands and rats for dicks, man. What can I say? We know. <laughs> we know when we look back, we know because they have little skeletons with horned hands and ground out teeth in the back. So oh, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. This have... kind of reminds me. Uh, there, were, there was like an anti-nausea medication that was really popular for a while called thalidomide. Oh, that yeah. caused like like wicked birth, birth defects. defects. It, it's yeah. it kind of reminds me of that where like they were like literally kids with just like shoulder wrist. And I don't know if yeah. we've mentioned this on this show before, but uh, my YouTube deep dive ended up being like a twenty minute video essay about like the horror of thalidomide. Oh, yeah, I don't know why we would have mentioned that on the show before. Okay, just a palate <laughs> cleanser, palate cleanser. I found a YouTube channel. If you just do YouTube, go like guy uh, who likes to clean out drains. He's just really into um, like rainfall in cities and where there's blockages and drains. So okay. he'll he'll drive out there and he'll get there before the city does. And when like the floods starting to come up and and the, he like films cars going through a foot of water and he loves it. Then he brings a rake out and he, he clears all the drains. And look at that whirlpool bubbles coming up. We got that clean whirlpool. <laughs> this will be drained twenty minutes. Save these people. Yeah, right. This that's what these people needed. Yeah, yeah. This, this damn Coca Cola rain. Yeah, I found myself last night at about 4 a.m. playing World of Warcraft with just watching a guy clean drains on my second monitor, and it was the most calming thing, yeah. Thank God COVID's, like, waning at this point, because if if this is the lowest point in your YouTube, I'd be happy. (laughs) Bottom bottom of the YouTube barrel? Yeah. Yeah. No, this is peak content. You guys got to shoot. (laughs) So, um, people are getting sick. Uh, Skulking vermin are devouring what stores of food remain. And the humans begin to starve. Um, they do, and that, they only have normal-sized cats as well, right? Yeah, exactly. And the, the, the vermin do seem to be getting bigger. They're not skaven yet. They're not like bipedal rat, mo- rat men yet. They're, right. just big, they're still just big rats. They're knuckle-walking rats. They're like somewhere in between. They're the exactly, kind yeah. of m- missing Sing link. link. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like pizza rat from the, the internet, but a little bit right. bigger. Take a whole pizza instead of just a slice now. A whole pizza, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, the humans getting desperate return to the dwarves, this time demanding sanctuary. They're not asking anymore. They're saying, you got to let us in, okay? 
The long-bearded dwarves turned them away again, this time in anger. The dwarves told the humans that the lower levels were flooded, and now their stores of food had also been devoured by rats. There was barely oh. enough left for the dwarves. So they're like, the humans go down, they're like, dude, okay, you didn't let me in last time, but let me in this time. They're like, you know what, dude, you're fucking rat friends. The, that that uh, fruit tree you brought from the south that had baby rats in it, and now the apartment building has rats? Yeah, they're in my apartment too now. Thanks a lot, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, why did we go up to the surface and take one of their old futons off the corner? It was filled yeah, with rats. <laughs> filled with rats, yeah. There was no batting inside it. It was just rats. Oh, oh God. Oh, it's nice like massage bed, yeah. yeah. I was just going to say, is this a massage futon? Oh, <laughs> oh it pinched me. You're just like, bleeding from a rat bite. <laughs> oh, man. It's all like brown. You're like, oh, that's odd. Oh, well. <laughs> So uh, the dwarves cast the humans out and bar their doors once more. And what was quickly becoming the ruins of Tyros, the days were becoming deadlier. Desperate, ignored by their own gods, the humans called for succor from the dark gods. Whispered names of forgotten demon princes became prayer, but even those wretched powers would offer no help. So they're getting desperate. They're like, save me, Satan. Save me, uh, Buddha. Save me any, any god that'll do it. Allah, yeah. you there, buddy? Ganesh, you there? You know? Yeah. Nobody, nobody's answering. They're 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 dialing. Nobody's answering. Nobody's picking up the phone. I I mean, it's, the devil's even a, a like a, a a level even further down. So he's probably up to his ankles in like you know diet coke <laughs> rain at this point. He's just like he's trying to he's trying to bail it out. He's got cracks in the foundation. Like it's a, it's yeah. a nightmare. If you think mold old... smells bad, imagine the smell of of moldy like weird black Coca Cola falling onto hellfire yeah. and evaporating <laughs> everywhere. Oh, it's a sauna I... down there of sugar yeah. and water. Yeah. Oh. Satan's Say, Say, just like the nice old man who's lived in that rent controlled apartment in the basement since like the forties, and <laughs> the, the new upstairs neighbors have moved in and just completely destroyed his apartment. <laughs> he's gonna get rent... kicked out and. And they're gonna they're gonna renovate the apartment and it's gonna be triple the rent. It's like yeah, <laughs> can't relate, dude. I had water coming through my roof a couple weeks ago and I'm in a rent controlled apartment right now. Yeah, yeah. Much. <laughs> yeah. just make sure that they don't have cause to renovate and you're fine. Yeah. Uh, so no one comes to help them, but the tide of rats. The vermin returned bigger and bolder than ever. Slinking, furred bodies crept through the devastated city, infesting every nook and cranny. They feasted on the fallen, those too weak from hunger to continue, and pulled down the weekend to swarm over them, leaving naught but chewed bones in their wake. Still, oh, the rain very did much not be like sorry, like the dust cloud that just like passes over yeah. civilian and leaves leaves by it leaves a skeleton behind. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Still, the rain did not stop, and still the bell tolled thirteen each midnight. So the remaining humans are. Not feeling great about their situation. They feel pretty hunted in their own city, where once, you know, they had traps set up with large guns pointed at rat holes. The rats are now big enough that they have bigger guns pointing at human doorways. <laughs> <laughs> this is, instead of cheese, it's just a plate of nudie mags, and uh, all, all the men in the city get killed. <laughs> there was... It, go ahead. No, I was, not, I'm I was gonna say like a hamburger or something. But anyways, yeah, oh. uh, <laughs> a hamburger of nudie mags. Uh, yeah, it's just <laughs> gra gra ground beef between two hustlers. Like. Yeah, yeah, no, you got the you got the butt mags for the buns on the top and bottom. Oh, oh nice, yeah. nice, yeah. nice, nice, nice. 
so there's no safety from the roaming bands of monstrous, monstrously sized rats. Humans defend themselves where they can with whatever weapons they can. It doesn't seem like they have like a real militia or army or anything like that, but they're they're doing their best. They are dying in numbers, and the rats seem to be unending. Um, more more desperate than ever, the humans are getting ready to fight to survive, though they're kind of learning that they don't stand a chance against the unceasing swarms. They're not strong enough anymore because they're all uh, half-starved to death. Um, and they know that they don't have enough food to just leave because they won't survive outside the city to get to the next town. They'll all die on the road. They have to eat um, all the cheese that they're going to use for the traps. So things are looking they, real hopeless, right? They keep getting shot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've left all the cheese under like little cages that fall down a post, and they can't outwit their own traps at this point. Yeah. So... <laughs> They've, they've actually prevented themselves from retrieving the cheese, right? <laughs> Did you guys ever play that mousetrap game? I no, I only know life. one guy who owned it, uh, and it was incomplete. So we tried putting it together once, and we didn't have all the parts. Nice. I had it with my brother, but it like whatever version we got, it was so hair sensitive that just by moving our pieces on the board, we would like trap the rat by accident. So we're constantly having to reset it over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Cause you had vanilla mouse trap. You needed the 1.1 version. Yeah. 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 Well, my mom wouldn't let me have the one with the gun. So we just had the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it comes with that 37 revolver. <laughs> so by Milton Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was like by smith and weston no yeah. <laughs> so the humans are getting desperate and they know that they can't fight the rats they don't have they don't have enough traps the traps are too sensitive they keep going off before the rats get there they're just they're just trying to move their pieces aka themselves and their yeah. traps keep going off yeah um but they do know that below them there's these great halls that might have some food might have some weapons might have some stuff so they're getting ready to go fight the dwarves. They say, we can't beat the rats. We're going to go beat the dwarves. We're going to get what we need. And then hopefully the situation will get better. Clearly not thinking very straight. Clearly getting pretty desperate. They're all hangry and it's been raining for like, what, a year at this point? Yeah. <laughs> Who, um, indeterminate, but let's say months to years. Is it cannibalism if you eat a dwarf? Uh, <laughs> okay. Is it cannibalism if you eat a lizard person? No. So I would say I would say no to dwarfs then either because I think you're just as just as know, like separated. Li if I lizard hatches from egg, I think it's like a dwarf. It's like a bird. I think a dwarf would taste like really tough and probably a little pickled because they drink a lot, right? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I don't know, huh? What well, would let's a find out. Taste like? Email us contact at <laughs> 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 You've eaten a dwarf. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> what, what's your favorite flavor of dry dwarf jerky uh, <laughs> teriyaki um so more like teriyaki yummy yeah <laughs> the humans fashion weapons whatever weapons they can and march on the entrance to the dwarven undercity they beat those weapons against the stone and threaten the dwarves if the dwarves would not help them they would be dragged out of their fastness no reply came but perhaps the distant sound of rain continuing to fall Taking up great beams, the humans battered down the doors, revealing dark and empty tunnels. Gathering up what courage they had left, and with only beady black eyes behind them, what remained of the humans of Tyros descended into the dark. In those ancient halls, once a testament to the might of the dwarves, they found all that remained was gnawed bones and scraps of flesh. This is the quote from the episode like uh, several weeks ago. <laughs> Um, I mean, pretty much. The, yeah. it's, it, there's a theme uh, with these rats, and it's they don't leave much behind. Nope. 
Um, they're, they're very by traditional. Their... They use every part of the person. And every yeah, part exactly. Of the world, right? <laughs> yeah. Not, nothing goes to waste. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so to answer your question, Pete, they, we don't get to find out because there's not enough left for them to turn cannibal, dwarf cannibal. Oh, uh, I see. So there by their <laughs> dying, by the dying torchlight, they saw the myriad eyes drawing closer. They stood back to back and fought for their lives, but against the mindless ferocity and unending numbers, their weapons were useless. They were overrun one by one, dragged down to be torn apart, Yezo yellow chisel-shaped teeth sinking into their flesh and the dark tufted masses of fur drowning their pitiful screams with hideous chittering. That is basically the fall of Tyros. Um, And now we're just going to real quick get into the rise of the Skaven in the the aftermath of that, essentially. Okay. So that's the last of Tyros, the last of the, the beautiful human dwarf utopia coexist on everybody's bumper bumper stickers, you know, uh, no more, no more. Now all the letters are just shaped like rats. Yeah, exactly. It still says coexist, but there's all just rat bodies. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I don't like the end of that. That was kind of sad. Everybody dies. You know? <laughs> Everybody dies. I mean, it's Warhammer. It's incredibly bleak. It's, it's all grim dark. It's all sad all the time. Uh, very, yeah. very edgelord stuff. Um, so the masses of rats remain in the city. And slowly, they become changed by the warp stone scattered across it. So, uh, kind of just, they're, like, comic book. It's like a comic book advent where they're literally being changed by, like, radioactive rocks that fell from the sky to create super rat, you know? <laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, first, yeah. Rock. Magic rocks. Sorry. Magic yeah. rocks, yeah. yeah. The, the first true Skaven would emerge about 200 years later. Um, they would be the new masters of the ruined city, which would come to be known as Skaven Blight. Um, and would stand as the capital of the Skaven sprawling under empire. So in mo- quote-unquote modern day Warhammer fantasy setting, Skaven Blight is the is Tyros. Um, oh, it's thought, it's thought okay. to be Tyros anyway. Okay. Um, but it could be another city that just fell to to Skaven at some point as well. It's it's hard to tell. Now, did the Skaven did the, ha- oh, go ahead. You first. You first. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask, did the Skaven, like, paleontologists, just like, this is thought to be the first Skaven, like, have a completely inaccurate, like, drawing yeah. on paper of what they thought he might look like because they had, like, one finger bone that they thought was a horn? It's just straight up Mickey Mouse. Like, straight yeah. up Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, Steamboat Willie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, Pete, you can't, I see you writing it down as an art idea. You can't draw Mickey Mouse. We will be sued by Disney. I'm not yeah. going to draw Mickey Mouse. Okay. He was kind of racist back then, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Steamboat yeah. Willie, uh, I mean, a, a reflection of the times, for sure. And Walt Disney, yeah. uh, problematic in his own right when it came yeah. to uh, race. Like 1910, uh, too. So, like, yeah. the worst time. <laughs> you know, we, we already talked about Thalamite. Yeah. I don't think we have to talk about uh, no. racist Walt Disney on this episode as well. <laughs> <laughs> So wait, there's another YouTube channel for a palate cleanser where this (laughs) (laughs) this really nice Christian man goes out in the woods and and tries out survival equipment and uh, makes fun of the metric system. You'll love it. Okay. Bastard. Bastard. (laughs) Um, So yeah, this this Skaven kind of, this is their, Skaven Blight is the capital of their under empire. Uh, It kind of becomes the central location for what will eventually become this like sprawling empire that they have, but they're not there yet. They just have this one city. Um. They're looking for more Warpstone, wherever they can get it. They look outside their city for a time, but they kind of realize that uh, other races are problematic outside the city. So they don't really vent. They don't go- They don't get out much. They're still in quarantine, if you will. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Skaven quickly learn that the ruins of this city also cannot support their exploding population. They breed like rats, and they're just like 
all over each other, filth everywhere. Starvation, infighting, and disease become rampant throughout Skaven Blight during this time. Uh, and there's pressure in the city. You know, they have elected officials, and food and space are becoming less and less available. Yeah. Uh, so the Grey Seers, the priest class of the Skaven that we talked about on the first episode, and also kind of, you know, spiritual leaders and leader leaders, uh, begin to look for an answer. And what would the priest class of the Skaven turn to for answers, if not eldritch magic, right? Giant bell. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. It's it's yeah. going to be a giant giant machine of some sort, of the of the type that, that I described in the last episode in Total War, where it is a giant bell on wheels. It's not described as a bell in this one, but you can imagine it as a bell. It's just as good, I think. A less advanced bell. It's really more of like a wind chime. It doesn't have the casing at this time. <laughs> yeah. It's just a bunch of, a bunch of clappers <laughs> hanging exactly, down. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, it, it seems like if you get a bumpy road, you might accidentally summon a chaos god there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in Montreal, there's way more than 13 potholes, dog. We would be just inundated with black rain and rat people. So again, the thought of venturing onto the surface uh, is pretty quickly discarded when they're looking for more room for all the rat babies. Um, it's simply too dangerous for this fledgling race. There's barbarian humans in the north and marauding greenskin, marauding greenskins, uh, orcs. Um, and, and even in their kind of early nascent stages, they know like those people could just wipe them out if they pay too much attention to this strange city full of rat men. So <laughs> in instead they do as the rat does and they look below, uh, the sorcerers, the, the gray seers, they devise this plan to build a great machine powered by warp stone and capable of carving out an empire massive enough to hold them. So they're like, we'll just build a machine that can, we'll build the drill and drill ourselves an empire. Yeah, it's, a bit, it's like the thing that made that tunnel that goes um, through the English Channel, like one of those gigantic mole machines, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Those things are wild. I think the wildest thing about that is they started drilling in France and England, and they met in the middle. It's like, how are you, if you're just underwater in a cave in rock, how do you, like, find the other drill so perfectly? You just line it up so perfectly. I have no idea how they do it. Yeah, uh, I, none, of us are, none of us are engineers. The most <laughs> no. qualified guy here is Jamie, because he watched someone use a pulley this week. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I'd go to the beach and I would dig two holes in my arms at the same time, yeah. and I'd have a hard time meeting in the hard middle of there. Hard time finding those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Man. You could see both ends, like, yeah. <laughs> and so, feel with both hands, yeah. <laughs> and your heart, of course. Of with every sandcastle, a little of your heart goes into it. Uh, <laughs> it's all to be washed away by the tide. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh no! So deep. The bourbon tide. Anyway, back on yeah. track, baby. Oh, oh, perfect. There it is. Uh, so all, they're gathering warpstone. Uh, they they gather all the warpstone that they have. Basically, they're like you know, uh, no knock raids. Turn out your pockets. You know, uh, we need warpstone for the warpstone god. Um, they're hiding it in it, baby's diapers, and it's just like, it, no, 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 give us that too. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, oh my god, this this rat baby's dick is a human. That's disgusting. Uh, <laughs> Help me. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Um, so they, they, they build this machine, they're gathering all this warp stone, and the sorcerers begin an incantation. The diabolical device whirs to life, pulling in the energy from the ritual. Deep beneath Skaven Blight, the ground begins to rumble, drowning out the voices of the Grey Seers. High above, the great bell tolls once more while the tower which houses it sways violently then the machinery they had built failed the skaven charged by warpstone and the magic wield by the skate by the skaven catastrophe followed so i have one last quote for you guys to kind of round this one out um with a blinding flash 
with a blinding white flash of pure malevolence, a tidal wave of raw magical energy swept through the underground chambers of the city and unleashed its power upon the foundations of the world. Tunnels collapsed, buildings fell, and the land began to heave and tremble. The entire undermined plain surrounding Skaven Blight sank as geysers of flame erupted from the tortured ground. The damage was even more de devastating as the energy swept outwards. Soon the whole of the old world began to crumble as the titanic force erupted in all directions. The world's edge mountains began to buckle under the relentless assault as the surging energy crashed against the spine of the entire mountain range. Great tidal waves rose from the ocean and washed over all in their path. Long dormant volcanoes erupted to life from the east, and the lands where they and the lands there, excuse me, were forever scarred by geysers, lava, and earthquakes. To the dwarves of the everlasting realm, their very civilization was being destroyed right in front of their eyes. The catastrophe was an ill-prepared event, and all those that knew about that horrible time remembered only as the time of woes. So, oh, wow. what I what I love about this period is every race kind of has their own canon, what they think caused the time of woes, and it was the Skaven building this machine. Like, the Slan, who are the lizard people, who are the oldest race in Warhammer Fantasy, they think it's like, oh, our magicians were doing their own ritual, and it was for sure that which caused it, or whatever. Um I like that though. So like Telos made the the big old phallic object, right? Mm -hmm. And its ultimate end was a magic earthquake. Yeah. Took it all <laughs> yeah, down. Exactly. Dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a just a big old big old eruption for for the whole gosh dang world. Um but it's yeah, it's the, it's kind of a reset button for a ton of people where like full chaos because everything's destroyed. Um so for good or for ill, the Skaven had now made themselves known to the other races of the old world as everyone's kind of scrambling to figure out what the fuck happened. Uh, and in the wake of all that, they kind of have an opportunity to now expand, right? There's kind of fissures underground where there weren't before, where this caving can get to. The other races are weakened, so they have their opportunity. Um, and that's uh, that's Skaven part two. I hope, cool. uh, I hope the listeners at home enjoyed it. I hope you, Jamie, enjoyed it. Peter, uh, give or take. Um... <laughs> <laughs> But uh, for anybody who, who did like the episode and wants to let us know, Discord's the best way to do it. Uh, links are in the description of this episode. You can also reach out to us at contact at loreboys.com um, and uh, we'll we'll get back to you eventually uh, yeah. on email right away on Discord. If you the, thing, like the, th the thing with the mailbag is like the more emails you guys send, the bigger mailbag you get because that's like the chunks we do it in. So like ultimately, I am sorry that we haven't done it sooner, but yeah, we won't make the content. You make the content. All Life right? do yeah, be crazy on. sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a really cool thing going on in the Discord too. Like Bison started up a gaming like community type night thing. And yep. honestly, I've been, all of my shit has been muted for two weeks because I've been lost in Azeroth, but it seems like there's developments there. So if you guys like us and like, this type of stuff there's going to be like-minded folk playing games with you in the discord yeah so it's really we, cool. we have a we have a minecraft server we have you know yeah. uh, xbox groups steam groups we have uh bison's uh hosting the first uh, communal D, &D game which uh, is a lot of fun i'm, I'm hoping yeah. to make it uh wednesday so the day after this or thursday sorry the day after this release um jamie did you have any other YouTube, other youtube channels you wanted to plug other than ours <laughs> on this episode <laughs> Dude, uh, uh, mundane like youtube channels that just do like those are the best man if you guys have them please send them to me because i really enjoy uh, that stuff people who are really passionate about the most random shit is the best like anyways, yeah. i don't uh, have anything to plug cool uh pete yeah. anything you want to you want to talk about at Lore Boys Podcast on Instagram. Uh, come and say hi. This is where you can catch your pictures. Check out the old squared idea uh, for any of your comic book needs, anything like that. 
Um, I feel like there was something else I needed to plug, but uh, ah, theloreboys.com. I'll figure it out. Oh, yeah. um, if you guys have any interest in merch, I've been updating the store fairly slowly, just depending on what's been created. If there's anything you want on a mask or on a t-shirt or just to exist in general, like as a sticker, let us know. Uh, the turnaround on merch is really quick, thankfully, so you can have it in, within a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, I mean, the prices are what they are. I have no idea what percentage we even make off those. It's purely just for you guys who want T-shirts, pretty much. Like, yeah. If, yeah, if yeah. you guys want to buy them, if not, it doesn't cost us anything, so don't worry about it. And that's tpublic.com slash boys if you're interested. Or, again, frankly, like, the, the center of our universe is Discord. So loreboys.com slash about, get on the server. We're all, yeah. you know, we all orbit it kind of constantly. So no. Definitely the best way to get in touch with us. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're starting up mid-roll ads too. If, if any of you guys in the Discord, let us know what ads you get. I'm really curious as to like what regional stuff and what you're interested in and how that kind of gets spit out yeah. since it's. So I do know of one was like a physical therapy clinic in Chicago was one that someone got hit with today. <laughs> Beautiful, and I'm pretty sure he's in Connecticut, so I don't know why yeah, he's getting that. Like, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so we do want you guys feedback on that kind of stuff too. We, you know, are interested in, um, you know investing back into the show we were bouncing around some ideas on, on things that we can do to make it a better experience for you guys but if the ads themselves are like super annoying or, or super distracting or, or super whatever please just like let us know that you find them annoying and we can revisit like how we want to do this yeah. um so we need your guys feedback we need your guys help uh, in that case uh speaking of monetizing and supporting the show though we do have a patreon as well patreon.com slash the lore boys uh you can head there we have a couple different tiers that offer a couple different things but Pretty much all of them get you most of the benefits that we actually uh, deliver on. So, yeah. um, on the subject of Patreon, is I, I've been putting a lot of time into like kind of sexing up the tiers to increase the value of your purchase and not actually increase our revenue. So, if there's anything you want to suggest that, like, hey, I'd love to see this in my tier, let us know again on Discord and I will take a look and see how feasible yeah. it is. Yeah. Jamie like, cuts I really his toenails. Want... I, yeah. Give me those, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie's uh Jamie, where do you cut your toenails? Do you do it in the tub or do you do it in the sink? Uh I Over do the it trash toilet. I, I most often do it like when I'm actually on the couch. When I'm watching a movie or something, that's when I like oh, wow. I'm like picking at my own feet and I'm like, oh I gotta cut my nails. So then I'll, I'll <laughs> cut them there and I'll I'll pull get... them up and throw them in the trash. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have a vacuum, so I, that that terrifies me. I always I uh. put one foot like all the way up on the sink, so like my knee is up at my shoulder. And then I just have like one foot on the rim of the sink, and that's how I cut my toenails. I'm not even sure on the rim of the toilet. Rim of the toilet, yeah, that's that's, good. I mean, like obviously, I need the lowest drinking fountain out of all of us, so that's why (laughs) (laughs) I I use the toilet because it's the lowest (laughs) one. Oh, I should use the bath. Instant disposal. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe we'll cut this section out and just make it a Patreon <laughs> exclusive. I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe we won't. Um, I, 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 I'm also thinking of cool things that we can do for the patrons. So the Doom yeah. of Kavzar was something that I did a lot of quotes and reading from. We were thinking about doing maybe a dramatic reading of it, and maybe that's the kind of thing that you could see on Patreon in the future. Uh, if this kind of stuff interests you, head to patreon.com. Uh, feel free to leave us comments there or Discord uh, and, and just shout at us in the Discord. Uh, and we'd be happy to try and accommodate you. And of course, we always have offer the uh, Lore Boys Prime bonuses, which are kind of exist separate from from Patreon, but uh, kind of similar in, in principle at the very least. So um, we have been collecting Jamie's toenails. Uh, he's the <laughs> only one who who holds on to them long enough for any of us to get any kind of use out of them. Uh, Pete's obviously right into the toilet, mine down the the sink. Um, I tried to contact the guy who likes unclogging drains to unclog my bathroom <laughs> sink so he could get my toenails out of it. 
Because he just we shows up with his <laughs> iPhone and a rake, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you can't cut that other shit out. That's not gonna make any sense. <laughs> so, so we are we are trying to uh, we're trying to build a monument out of toenails, uh, and and we are willing to uh, sell it to the highest donor in Lore Boys Prime this month. Whoever donates the most will get Jamie's toenail sculpture uh, in the mail. It's extremely phallic. Uh, about oh. what you'd expect from uh, from Jamie's Tony. The I best think. part about this too is like like a tree where you can count the rings and like tell a history. <laughs> um, every story of this mountain of monument will tell a story of my life what I ate that week. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What he was watching on the couch when he clipped his toenails, there's a little bit of that in there. (laughs) Yeah, YouTube, your YouTube history stays in your hair, so that's why you shouldn't do it. (laughs) There's there's a very distinct uh, clownfish-colored toenail from when he was watching Finding Nemo. Uh, There's, you know, all all sorts of little Easter eggs in there that you guys can pick out at your leisure. it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, kind of like a shadow auction, so you guys won't be able to see what other people are bidding. So bid high is all I can say. <laughs> if you, it's a toenail sculpture, and I think that would constitute a lore boys. Lore boys. Oh. Lore boys. Post roll out. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.